Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and I'm glad you could join us today for this fun conversation with my friend Brent Silkey. Brent is the founder and started Chi Alpha at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota and he's also the founder of 30 for Freedom a movement to end uh, human trafficking and uh, it's seeing some amazing things. It's just new and it's starting out and uh, God's using it to make a big difference, which is the real reason, along with hearing uh, Brent's story, and some of you are going to want to get involved with Brent, what Brent is doing, uh, but I also wanted to bring him on because God often puts things in our hearts to start things, and I believe that there's people who are going to listen to this who God's put something in your heart to start. And uh, it's hard to get off the dime kind of starting that whole thing. You can just leave it there for way too long and miss out on all the good things that God has for you. So uh, Brent and I dive into how you start things uh, for God, what's involved with that, kind of how to keep going when you get started, and just some really good stuff. He's got some great wisdom when it comes to that. Uh, Just along with hearing his great story, his great guy, uh, you may just want to get involved with what he's doing. That's that's fine too, but if God's put something in your heart to start, sit back, listen, say, God, let me know what it is that I should do first, and let me get going. Uh, So without further ado, my conversation Conversation with Pastor Brent Silkey. All right, Brent Silkey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kevin. Honored to be here with you. We have worked together on the uh, Minnesota Prayer AG Prayer Committee, so we've known each other. It's been a while now, hasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think almost ten years. Wow! <laughs> Don't say that. That makes me feel old. Because <laughs> because you're 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 only like you know. You're not that old, so I, I, I'm the I'm the old guy on the committee now. So you are, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not comfortable with that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I thought I'd start off with a little softball question, get us uh, warmed up. Well, it may not be a softball question. I don't know, but uh, you posted recently about uh, wanting to uh, have Nerf wars in your house that you'd bought in some guns. <laughs> And so, I, 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 have you given the the guns out yet, or? Oh yeah. And how'd it go? <laughs> you know, it went well. I um I made a mistake actually on Amazon. I bought uh, 400 additional darts, and I made the mistake that I didn't. I thought I was buying Nerf brand darts, but I was buying these different ones, and they actually have really hard plastic tips. <laughs> we can't use any of those, and so we just have the ones that came with the Nerf guns and kind of a tradition in our in the silky house when i was growing up we'd have nerf wars and friends over and so the neighbors now have nerf guns outside so i surprised the kids and for my birthday i got nerf guns so we could play as a family play as a family there you go <laughs> uh, and, and along that line uh, we, uh, you also have talked about how you like to although that was a gift that was a physical gift but uh, that it's more about you trying to make a tradition of experiences over gifts kind of can you talk about kind of the background of that sure i think one of the things that we value my wife and i value is this idea that if we can give the gift of experiences to our kids versus the the gift of physical things that you know you play with them for 5 minutes and then they're 
put in the in the you know the storage place or whatever. Uh, we wanted our kids to have a just a variety of different experiences. And my wife's parents are missionaries overseas in Lithuania, planting churches. And we're like, man, what if we could do less of the gifts that are physical things and more of the gifts that are experiential for our kids that they'll never forget going to Lithuania three weeks ago and seeing the things that they saw and experiencing the culture that they experienced and hearing the languages spoken, you know, and just being able to have those kinds of things. We we thought that might be more valuable than to give them just all these like little things that, again, they, they won't use for, for too long. Right. And right. Uh, those things that they can take with them forever. Uh, that's an amazing choice. Uh, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, although we do give gifts, that's <laughs> it's, uh, we try we try to value experiences because those are things that when the, when they're old, they'll still be talking about you know, what they did going to Lithuania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I I, I mean. Other than you being an awesome person, <laughs> that's the re- reason I wanted you to be on here. Because uh, you, ha- in the last, I suppose, five, six years now, you've started two big things, uh, uh, Chi Alpha and then 30 for Freedom. And uh, that is something that uh, I, I believe the audience, you know, well, any Christian it gets called into new things and new adventures, and uh, I think you have something to say to that. Uh, and so, uh, so kind of shifting here, uh, if we can talk about, uh, so we have, so we have the time to dive into it. Uh, can we first talk about Chi Alpha? Uh, kind of where, how that started for you, and what kind of God's trajectory with you with that? Sure. Um, 2015 started the year. And I was working at Cedar Valley Church, my home church. It's actually where, as a freshman in college, where I gave my life to Christ. And so then to many years later, be able to be able to serve there on staff as the youth, one of the youth pastors was, it was a dream, Kevin. It was a dream job for me. Um, I worked alongside my best friend, Micah, who actually was the one who invited me to Cedar Valley Church, where I got saved. He was the junior high pastor. I was the high school pastor. And then one of our students who came up through the youth group there at Cedar Valley, Josiah Keneally, was the young adult pastor. And so it was like working amongst my best friends, doing a dream job, something I was very passionate about. And my boss, Andrew Johnston, was one of my close friends. I got to serve under Pastor Jerry Strangquist, who is like a spiritual father. And so it was a really amazing opportunity to be able to learn how to do ministry. And at the beginning of 2015, I remember I asked Micah and Josiah separately. Um, I just had this I was just feeling like a, a, a stirring or an unrest in my spirit. And I just said, guys, am I making the greatest possible impact for the kingdom of God as the senior high youth pastor here? And they're like, you know, they're supportive, great guys. They're like, well, yeah, you know, we think you're doing a good job and stuff. But, I mean, maybe you're feeling like there's something more that's going on. And I was like, well, I don't know. Two weeks later, I, I came in their offices again separately. And I said, if, if we ever were called into missions— what would you guys think about that? Like, would you like think that'd be a good idea or whatever? They're like, we could see that. So that happened earlier in the year. A couple of months later, um, I get uh, my the executive pastor, Roger Lane, said, Brent, I just met with a guy named Mike Amiot. He's the director of Chi Alpha for the Great Plains area and for seven states worth of Chi Alphas. And he's the Minnesota director. And we just had a conversation and I brought your name up. I was wondering if you want to talk to him. I was like, yeah, Mike Amiot's a legend. I'd love to meet with him. So the next day, Mike is in my office, and he's sharing with me a vision about taking 
this Chi Alpha campus ministry, right? This idea of the extension of the church to be on the college campus, having worship services, discipleship groups, outreaches, all these amazing things to reach the next generation on their campuses. Um, he said, we've never had one at a private university in Minnesota. And we want so badly and have been praying for the last nine years about bringing Chi Alpha to a place like the University of St. Thomas, St. Catharines, Concordia, Augsburg, you know, all, all these schools, Hamlin. And he said, we, we just are looking for the person to lead that. And my, my, before I was called into ministry and went to North Central, I, my number one choice of college where I had everything lined up to go there was actually St. Thomas. My wife's a Tommy. She got her master's in counseling psychology there. Uh, huge, huge St. Thomas family. We love St. Thomas. And when Mike was sharing all these things with me, this was March of 2015, he said, what do you think about starting Chi Alpha at St. Thomas? And I said, well, it sounds like an amazing opportunity. It sounds awesome. I said, surely something that's this large of a, a ministry responsibility would be like a salaried role with benefits. And at that point, he, he, <laughs> he kind of, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't really know about Chi Alpha, right? He leaned back in his chair and he said, well, you'd actually have to become a missionary. And I knew at that point, this was, this was clearly not the Lord's will for my family. <laughs> We just had our second baby. We just purchased our first home, and we're so we have a mortgage now. Like, there's no way that you can stop being at a salaried role in ministry and go and becoming a missionary with in that time frame. Like, that makes no sense. And so that night, Mike and Mac was preaching at our youth service, and we ended with a time of open prayer. He said, "You, I want you all to meet with God before you leave this room tonight. So find a spot, meet with the Lord, and then like listen up." So I went to the very back of the room. I got on my face before God, and I had God gave me the clearest vision of my life. It was me standing at a certain spot at the campus of, in St. Paul of St. Thomas. I had a Bible open in my hand, and I had students around me. This is the same day earlier in the afternoon when I heard about this dream to bring Kyle to the private schools, and I'm just like, oh, my word. Are you kidding me, God? Like, <laughs> this does not make sense. And so – over the next few weeks, we met with mentors and, and people. I, I, Pastor Neil Rich was one of them, one of the people that was really, really instrumental in our Chi Alpha move. And we just, God confirmed it time and time again. The final confirmation actually happened. You were there. Manual Christian Center, uh, Friday morning, District Council. Uh, it was April. And uh, I said, God, I will give my life to this ministry if you show me one more time that you're in this. And a pastor stood up and read out of Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. I've called you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I've called you. I've chosen you. I've not rejected you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid. I'll go before you and stretch out my hand. And I was just like bawling a mess. And I was sitting on the front row and Pastor Clarence St. John at the time was our district soup. And he came over and he was just like, he had that gleam in his eye. He was like, what's going on right now? I said, God just called us to Chi Alpha. We're going to go to St. Thomas. And he just said, let me pray for you. And he prayed for me that day. And God knew that my greatest fear was this whole idea of providing for my family and how is this going to work financially. And after that first day, we had seven people, friends, churches, pastors that said, hey, if you're going to do that, we're with you. We got your back. And so it was, it was, again, confirmation for us that this is what God has called us to. So we jumped in. May 1st, 2015 was our first day as Kyle missionaries. And um, it hasn't been an easy road, but it's been an incredibly fulfilling uh, thing to see God do some stuff that we we had not wasn't even on our radar. You know, <laughs> it, it was kind of an out out of left field calling then in some ways. 
Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll come back to Chi, Chi Alpha uh, as we go through this. But again, I want to set both of these up uh, kind of side by side so that we can yeah. uh, dive in them together. So, uh, and you're even wearing, uh, people can't see this, but you're wearing the brand here today with your, <laughs> 30, <laughs> your 30 for freedom. Uh, uh, give people uh, kind of the backstory. What is 30 for freedom? Uh, and then kind of how did it uh, come to be? Yeah. 30 for Freedom is a movement that exists to end sex trafficking in our lifetime. And so I'm at I'm a 21-year-old kid at North Central University. David Grant comes from Project Rescue, and he begins to share stories and testimonies of these little girls in India who have gone through horrific things because people wanted to, you know, do unbelievable things to, to children and they're paying money to have sex with kids, and it's just this stuff that was unthinkable to me. And I'm squirming in my seat in the chapel because I'm thinking, how on earth could this be happening in 2006? How could the, how, are, are we not advanced enough as humanity to like not do this kind of evil? And the more I talked about it, my heart just was wrecked that day. And I, I knew God was calling me to do something. I didn't know what. It was one of those things where like God planted the seed of a dream inside my heart, but I didn't know what that would look like. And so fast forward. Um, I'm 29 years old, sitting at uh, Perkins with one of my former youth students from Cedar Valley, who's a United States Marine. His, gra- his grandpa is Tony Oliva of the Minnesota Twins. And so Yoel Oliva and I are sitting there, and he said, hey, Brent, what's new? I said, in five months from today, I turn 30. He goes, dude, you are getting old. <laughs> I was like, bro, come on, man. And uh, I told him, I said, but I feel like God's put a dream in my heart to run 30 miles on my 30th birthday to invite 30 people to run with me to raise $30,000 to rescue people out of sex trafficking because every 30 seconds someone becomes a victim. And he reached in his pocket and he handed me, which I, I believe was his Christmas gift, a $100 bill, and he said, Brent, I hear briefings in the military about sex trafficking all over the place, all the time. It's evil and we have to stop it together. And he hands me this, this $100 bill. So in effect, Yoel put his money where my mouth was. And now I'm like, oh boy, I better like get to this thing, right? And so I started making calls, and I my first call was to venture. They do hiking, biking, and running to help people make their miles matter, and they fight some of the greatest injustices of our day. I called Mark Dean, Pastor Mark Dean, who's our district youth director at the time. I said, can we partner with Speed the Light? Can we partner with Venture and try to raise thirty thousand dollars to rescue people from trafficking? So that's how it's that's kind of the genesis of how it started. And just give people an update on the last, because you just got through the last run uh, there. How, how did that go? Yeah. Uh, so 20, 2019 was our fourth year of that, which is crazy to say. And uh, after this year is done, this year alone, 2019, will have gone over $200,000 for this year. Uh, which since So in the last four years, it'll be over $615,000 raised. And people are running all over the place. It's not just a local thing, right? Yeah, it started out local, and then people, I think a lot of people hear about sex trafficking, and they're like, this can't be, just like I was when I was at North Central, but they don't know what to do about it. And I feel like 30 for Freedom is a way to give handles to justice by saying, okay, I can walk a 5K, I can run a 5K, I can host an event or a chapter in my city or at my church, and so, yeah, we've expanded uh, northern Minnesota, the Twin Cities, Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, we've had chapters different years in different countries as well. Um, Scotland, Norway, Lithuania, um, the UK. I mean, there's been different places kind of all over that have said, hey, we want to do something about this. We've had some states in the south that have picked it up. 
um, Washington State, California. So it's it changes every year depending on where the leaders are that want to want to host a chapter. Uh, but it's been a fun to see the expansion of hey, I can take action and do something to make a difference. That, that uh, this is only four years. So did it, it just kind of is it word of mouth spreading? Is that kind of been the majority of how it's gotten to that point? Yeah, I think word of mouth for sure, and I think social media as well. Um, things have become so accessible. Uh, when someone can see, you know, someone, we have people that follow some of our stuff in different countries and they they see a 30 for Freedom post about fighting trafficking. They see, they see a statistic that the average age of a trafficking victim is 13 years old. The average age of a young boy who's trafficked is between 9 and, and 12 years old. And they're like, man, we got to do something about it. And then they're like, I want to host a chapter. Or they, they slide into our DMs on Instagram and say, hey, how do I do something about this? Where do I give? How can I, how can I make a difference in a practical way? How, where can I serve? You know what I mean? So um, social media and word of mouth, I would say, are the two ways that it's spread. Definitely a social media is working when uh, this morning I was telling my wife I was interviewing you and then I said 30 for freedom. And she's like, oh, I, I've seen that all over my feed because all of her <laughs> friends are, are doing it or involved or different things like that. I, I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but it just is like... Um, Going back for a second to you said a seed of a dream back when you're 21. Yeah. I uh, is if someone's sitting with that seed of a dream, uh, how did you? I mean, was it that conversation uh, that uh, you sat down? You know, I mean, was that what sparked saying now is the time? But you already were. Uh, at the same point, you were you were already talking about doing something. So, how did you know it was time to shift from just something at some point to now is the time to do it? Sure, uh, I think a couple factors were involved. So, one of them was like, I'm like, man, I'm turning 30 soon, and if I want people to like be able to have time to train and engage in that way and actually run 30 miles, I have to start talking about it. But when Yoel gave me that money, that hundred dollar bill, that was. It's crazy to think that that $100 was the first in what has now become over $615,000. You know what I mean? So that there was a little bit of like a kick like, hey, let's do something about it. And I was like, oh, wow, we have to actually do something now. Can't just be talk. But I think also this idea of, man, if this is something that's stirring in my heart, could this be something that's stirring in other people's heart if they just were aware of it? So when I would, when I would call people or message people, I would let them know. I'd say, hey, would you ever be interested in running 30 miles with me on my 30th birthday? And they're like, no, there's no way. That was always the first thing. And then I would go in deeper and say, the reason where we'd be running would be to help rescue people out of sex trafficking. Games change. As soon as it, those, those words came out of my mouth, they're like, okay, what? Tell, tell me again. And I'd say, we're going to do sex trafficking prevention. We're going to do rescue operations. And we're going to do we're going to give to organizations that do those two things and um, holistic survivor care. And they're like, okay. And then we would go further into it and they would say, let me, ha let me think about it. Or even the people, some of the people said, absolutely not. I hate to run would call me back two weeks later and say, I can't stop thinking about it. I hate running, but I hate sex trafficking more. And so it was just this thing. Like as soon as the information was out there and it like became something that they were thinking about they they were like, you know what? I can, I can suffer a little bit for someone who's suffering a lot. And so I think as far as if, you know, people listening, if maybe God's put a, a seed of a dream in their heart, I think the first thing is to talk to a trusted group of people about it, kind of like bouncing ideas off of it. I would protect it. I wouldn't just share it with anybody. But then this idea of 
if I'm going to do this, I think so many people, Matt Friedman is an international human rights, um, he works with trafficking victims the last 20 years, and he said a lot of people care about an issue, and they have this feeling of care, they care about it. He said, but very few actually step across the line, he calls the hero line, from feeling and caring to action. And he said, so that's, I heard that, it was a TEDx talk, and I heard that TEDx talk, and I'm like, wow, the idea that, that so many people feel something about an issue, but so few step across the line into action, I wanna be one of those few people that steps across the line, even if I'm doing it solo, even if I'm running 30 miles on my 30th birthday alone, like I wanna do something about it. And so the more t- we shared this dream, the more people were like, well, I wanna step across the line too. I, wanna, I don't wanna just feel about it, I wanna do something about it. And so it was kind of an invitation for other people to join the movement. What is it? I, that- I mean, maybe he talked about it or just your own thoughts. Uh, that hero line, what, uh, what causes people to go move from feeling to actually doing something? Any yeah. ideas? Yeah, I think there's a paralysis sometimes that takes place. And I think it happens in the church, but I think it happens outside the church as well, where we, we, we get information about something, like, for instance, in Chi Alpha, that 59% of high school students who graduate from our churches they walk away from God, church, and the faith within the first two years of going to college. Well, that's a statistic that's not, that's not settling for anyone to hear that, but then they don't know what to do about it. So I hear this, I hear the statistic that every 30 seconds someone's trafficked, but I don't know what to do about it. So there's this big overwhelming thing, it's daunting, I don't know how to make it like something where I can take an actionable step. And I think with 30 for Freedom, it was this idea that we're going to run, we're going to move, we're going to do something physical to help rescue someone physically. Um, I think with Chi Alpha, it's how can you connect a graduating high school student to a campus Chi Alpha group that you know? And we've seen that, we've seen the miracle stories when people like, they take a hold of it and then they're like, okay, this is, I'm gonna step across the hero line because someone gave me an actionable item I can do. I think if we can, the more we can give people those actionable things to do, the more people step across the hero line and becomes an army of people stepping forward. So if you were if you were sitting down with someone oh, over coffee and uh, they're like, "God's put something in my heart uh, uh, to do something," uh, do you, any advice on that specific? You know, or would it depend on what their cause was, what to get that specific action step would be? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. I think um, if they can have so, th- if you think of it like physical fitness, right? A lot of people I talk to, especially first part of the year, they're like, hey, um, I would love to get healthier. So they have this big aspiration of getting healthier. And they, they're like, but I don't, I don't necessarily know what the next step is. I think if they can have someone in their life that's a coach or that's someone that helps believe in their dreams with them, to say, okay, you wanna get healthier, what does that mean for you? Well, I'd like to lose some weight. Okay, if you wanna lose weight, uh, maybe you need to have, maybe you need to engage a trainer in your process of getting healthier or a health coach, that kind of a thing. I think if someone's sitting there with a the dream saying, what do I do? I think, it, you know, what, what's, what is the ne- a simple next step of obedience you can take? And one of the things I wanna teach my kids, that I wanna teach my, my Chi Alpha students, is that the greatest mark of success for any Christ follower is our obedience. You know, it's not how big is your congregation or how much money you have in the bank. It's literally, were you faithful with the thing that God put before you? Were you faithful with the next step? And I think for people to discover that next step, even if it's ridiculous, like for me, to, to leave the amazing dream job, to take a next step to do this crazy thing that was not established, that didn't exist, that 
we would have to like try to build a team and, and like try to pioneer this thing. It was scary, but I knew that God called us to it. I knew that God was stirring something earlier in the year. I knew that he confirmed it. So for us, the next step was literally, okay, we're going to do a career pivot from youth ministry to college ministry and become missionaries. And so for us, it was literally that step of, okay, we're going to, we're going to become missionaries here and do this thing. And we, we've, what we've learned over the last four years, Kevin, is where God guides, he always provides. If he's leading you to do this crazy run, then you go a step out in faith and he's going to take care. The results are up to him. If he's leading you to start a ministry and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Well, follow in obedience and the results are up to him. And so we've, that's kind of what we've seen over the last four years in both Chi Alpha and 30 for Freedom. Um, it's definitely not easy. There's nothing easy about it. But I think if you're courageous enough to take your simple next step, that's a game changer. Well, uh, jumping off of what you said, it's not easy. Uh, and you've already alluded to the fact that it's uh, there's been challenges with uh, well, on both of these uh, adventures. Uh, what do you encourage people with during the difficult season? Because whenever you're starting something, uh, you know, I've... I'm starting this podcast, whatever, you know, I, there's those difficult seasons early on. Uh, what do you recommend or any uh, encouragement you could give to that person who's in the midst of that? Uh, I'm started, but now it's difficult. For sure. <laughs> My wife is very wise. And before we started in Chi Alpha, she said, Brent, you need to know that you know that you know that God's called us to this as a family because there's going to be days that are really challenging. There's going to be days that are really hard. So what we did was that's why we took some extended time to really pray and seek counsel about this because she, she comes from a missionary family, right? She understands what the struggle of raising support and building a ministry and all that. So once God confirmed it multiple times, when the going got tough, I could look back on those moments where God provided, where God called us, where God confirmed the calling and say, no, this is hard and I don't get it and I don't know why it's such a hard thing. But I'm going to look back at those moments as altar moments and say, okay, I know that we're called to this. And so there's a, a book by Angela Duckworth on grit. And she's kind of the grit expert. She's um, studied people from national spelling bee champions to cadets at you know elite uh, military you, you know schools and that kind of a thing. Um, and she's like, what separates people that make it and people that don't make it? And she talks about this grit factor. Not IQ, not EQ, but grit. And I think what if you're going to start something or follow a dream that God's given you, there's those things that you can look back on, like, God, call us this for sure. We're going to do this. But then there's also like, can I have the grit when it gets really hard that I'm not going to just say, ah, forget it. I'll, I'll just go. How can I persevere in those times? And so um, hearing some of the her talks, TED Talks and stuff like that on grit actually from a non-spiritual perspective were helpful for us from a spiritual perspective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. She's not. She's coming from a secular perspective, but I took what she said and I was like, "Wow, okay." When we run into challenges, like I'll give you a real life, real time one. Um, one week before Thirty for Freedom Twin Cities chapter, I looked at how much we had raised online. It was like thirty-seven thousand dollars. We have commitments for over one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and I'm thinking, "Sweet mercy, we're not going to hit, and we're not going to be able to fund these projects that we committed to." And so it was one of those moments where it's like, well, I can quit here now and just say, okay, whatever, it's good enough. Or we can dig in and figure out what to do. And so Paul Herkman Adventure was pretty instrumental. Uh, he called me. He actually FaceTimed me. He's like, I want to see your face. 
And he said, Brent, he said, if this is what God's called us to do, this is what we're going to do. Here's the plan moving forward. And he gave me some, some wisdom on what to do. And I'm literally, I'm crying through this FaceTime call. It is like, I'm a mess. I'm embarrassed. I'm just crying. And we prayed and fasted. We asked people to give like they've never given, to sacrifice like they've never sacrificed, and to invite people into that process creatively. And so we sent out videos and different things to our participants. I said, I feel, I feel led to sell my most prized physical possession, my, tri- my triathlon bike, my road bike. And um, it's probably the most, like, besides like our vehicles and our home, it's probably like the most valuable thing I have that's worldly. And I said, I feel like led to sell that and give all of that to 30 for Freedom. And so then all of a sudden in the next week or two, we heard, hey, I feel led to sell my bow, my crossbow. I feel led to sell all my Air Jordan collection of shoes. I feel led to sell this. I feel led to give that. And we even had a, um, a pastor who said, I feel like the most valuable thing we own is my wife's wedding ring. And so they literally prayed about it and they said, we are selling my wife's wedding ring with her permission, of course, <laughs> so that people can be set free. And what we, so then we went from 33,000 to now almost 200,000 and, you know, not, not too long of a time. So I think when the going gets tough, you have to have grit. You have to look back on, well, why am I doing this in the first place? You have to know your why. And then you have to kind of get creative when it gets tough because adversity is coming no matter what. Right. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So I'll kind of stand on that. Well, I want to get to this at some point. So this is as good as time as any, because hey, you're, you're an athlete. Uh, they can't see you, but uh, you're, you're an athlete. You're, uh, uh, you're a triathlete. Uh, is that the title that you go by? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I in sports and endure, iron. yeah. So, yeah. uh, in a lot of this, you know, you've been talking about grit, and that that's part of the endurance process. Uh, <clears throat> but just in general, uh, whether it's physical or spiritual, any advice on endurance, you know, how, how to build endurance, get that to the next level, because uh, if you can endure, you can do a lot of things. Yeah, yeah sure. I think, you know, in life, you know, people always, they always say, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? You hear that, it's kind of a cliche phrase almost. And I think, I think really that it's actually not in a marathon. I think of it more in terms of an ultra marathon. It's actually so much greater than a marathon. It's not 26.2, it's far beyond that. And I think a lot of times with, especially with God dreams or visions that people have, they just start out and they are running so hard and so fast. And I don't think that that's bad necessarily. Because I think that there's, you know, like, at least for me, like when I got saved, I was, I mean, I was inviting people at the Mall of America, come to church. Hey, I took the business card from Cedar Valley. I flipped it over. I wrote my name and number on it. I said, hey, come with me. I'll give you a ride. I mean, I was just like going crazy, like this crazy zeal, like this passion. And I think that you have to channel that in that season. And I think when it comes to a dream and God's like, hey, run 30 miles, I had to channel that passion for that dream in that first season, like crazy. And I think that that's good. But I think as far as building endurance, I think, you know, it's another cliche. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think when you have this dream, one of the greatest things that I didn't intentionally do this, but I I engaged with people that were so passionate about this dream. They said, hey, how can I get more involved? How can I do that more? Whether it's joining our staff in Chi Alpha, whether it's joining the board for 30 for Freedom. And now it's a group of us that are saying, hey, let's do this together. 
And the dream can happen so much better when there's other people sitting around the table. And so I think as far as endurance goes, you know, whether it's in ministry, whether it's physically, whatever it might be, to have that team of people that you're saying, okay, if God's called me to do this podcast, if God's called me to do this ministry, if God's called me to do this, our family to do something like that, um, plant a church, whatever it might be. Um, it's, it's pretty proven through, you know, through research that like, if you can do it together, man, you can go a lot farther. You can last a lot longer. Um, there are, there are races, um, like endurance races that are over a hundred miles long. Uh, there's one that's in death Valley that literally is 135 miles. And the, the people that, that do the best are the people that have the best teams, the people that like have the right support people out there that are like, watching their vital signs and helping them like work through blisters and helping them work through dehydration, nutrition issues. You have to have the right team to go far. And so I think for people listening that it may have a God dream, who are people that might share that similar passion? Who are people that might say, you know what, I can get behind that. I would like to support that and like engage them on your team because then you can, you know, as, as God leads you, you can do anything. Oh, that's, a, <clears throat> that's so good because you're, uh, your ability to get people to do it together, even from a physical, I mean, just uh, some of the health challenges that I've had the most success with is when, you know, I, I challenge my immediate family or uh, my wife's extended, uh, her her siblings or whatever to get involved. Then you start making progress because yeah. you're doing it together. And, uh, yeah. uh, so I, whether that's spiritual or whatever, there's a, there's a benefit there. <laughs> Absolutely. Synergy. Yeah. Um, the other day you put on, uh, on on Facebook that you your top ten transformation steps, <laughs> uh, and since I knew we were going to talk, I thought this this is some good because it, it connects with what we're. Uh, one of them you said is a, a keep a, a diary journal to document your uh, your journey. You'll be amazed and inspired reading this down. Uh, the road and one of the kind of themes that has gone through this podcast uh, is that uh, uh, giving people ideas on the practicalness of this uh, so what does journaling uh, look like for you is what do you have uh, is it seasons is it depending on uh, what type of thing you're trying to work on what is what does that process for you look like yeah um, I think for the super organized listener to your podcast, they're going to be like, what? He does what? Um, for your more free-spirited listeners, they might be like, oh, I can dig it. I dig that. Um, I think for me, it, it's, it is by season. And so uh, there was a season where I used an app on my phone called Happy Note. And it was, this, it was like the silliest thing. But every day, you had to log three things you were, you were thankful for or three things that made you happy. And I, for me, I'm like, well, happiness is a fleeting feeling, but for me, I'll say like a joy journal, like three things that I'm so thankful for that happened today. And it was cool to look back at that. So that was a season. Um, I have multiple journals upstairs in my, in my home. I bring some with me wherever I go and I can write things down or if I have a meeting or, or, you know, log something that maybe God spoke. Um, so I have those journals as well. But one of the things I do, and it's probably annoying to some people, but um, I do photo document and I do doc document a lot on social media. And so when you have the Facebook memories that come up or if you use Time Hop or anything like that, I can look like I did this uh, today. I looked at it from however many years ago and I was like, whoa, whoa, cool, cool things that God's done. Like even back to like 2011 on Facebook, I was like. I am so thankful. And it caused me then to be thankful for someone that helped me with something. And I texted him this morning. I said, hey, this camping trip, we took these 21 high school kids on a camping trip. We couldn't have done it without you. Thankful for you. 
He's like, oh, that was a great trip. You know what I mean? Like, it just a, a way that I can remember whether it's a, a, an app on my phone, social media, you know, that kind of documentation, or a physical journal um, to be able to have these different things. That and sometimes if, if something super significant happens, I'll actually do a voice memo on my phone to and just record like, wow, cannot believe it. Just walking out of the service from this camp. And this is what God did tonight. It's so crazy. This this girl said that, and this happened over there. And I just there's so again for the organized person that has a system where it's like this, this, and this. My systems are like ten, but it depends on where I'm at and what I what I have accessible. But love to go back and see those things and remember those things. It's kind of rehearsing the faithfulness of God. Do, do you go back to the like the voice memos ever? Do you, you, not as frequently as like looking through something or like a social media kind of a remembrance thing, but um, sometimes it's crazy to like or like you know something major happens and you like go back and you like find a voice memo and you're like, whoa! It like brings you back and like you almost can like feel and sense everything you were feeling and sensing when you recorded it because I don't know something about the voice like it captures so much more of the emotion than for me just my my chicken scratch handwriting or something you know, so. <laughs> Well, that joy journal, and I talk about that in my first book, Enjoying Prayer. I did that for about two years straight. Every night mm-hmm. I wrote down five things I was thankful for, uh, and it changed my outlook on life because I, first off, just because I had to, uh, you know, I was looking for those five things as I went through my day because I knew I had to write them down. Uh, yeah. And also just the realization that, if you do it for that long, there's good days and bad days in there. Yeah. But even in that, God is, hey, you know, even in the bad days, I could still come up with five things I was thankful for because right. that's how good God is. Even in our bad days, there's something to be uh, to be thankful for. So I, I, I think you downplayed that a little bit, but I think there's a, there's a definitely a benefit to forcing ourselves to think of the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I heard uh, Dina Kasser is a Olympian. She's a great runner, and she basically she did the same type of thing. And then she said, and it and enriched everything else I did because, like you were saying, I was looking for that throughout the day. And if it was something I was thankful for yesterday that I got to experience again, it was even more rich because I'd already thought about it. And I was like, that's so good. Right. I don't, I don't, and that's one of the things I think I'm picking up as uh, we're going through different people talking about their journal habits is. They are all over the board, but it's the simple habit of doing something uh, yeah. that like slows you down enough to to see what God is doing in your life. Uh, uh, one of the uh, one of your other things that you said was uh, uh, make mid course corrections yeah. to your plan if necessary. Uh, what does that look like in real life, whether it's uh, in your health or you know, one of the ministries you're working with or you know, uh, any specific help with that? Yeah, I think we all have ambitions and dreams and it's great. We have this big target that we're shooting at over here. And I think in ministry for us, we said, well, uh, sometimes it's hard to start a ministry, right? And so when things were, were going hard, we're going like Chi Alpha specifically, we said we need to stop, we need to reset everything, and we need to get back to the basics of seeking after Jesus. And so we had a semester where we just said, okay, we're going to clear the stage. It was right after they cleared the stage the, uh, at the minister spouse retreat. Um, and we, we literally just reset everything, and God began to do a whole new work and a whole new season. 
Um, this last school year was our, I would say, our healthiest, strongest school year at Chi Alpha. And we said we are so anticipating what God's, we think God's going to be doing this fall that we want to literally have someone praying and fasting every single day from right now until when we get to the school year. And so I just put out blank calendars for our students. I said, if days aren't taken, I said, I will take every day that's not taken. I said, I might be a lot skinnier next school year. But it was so cool, and I was so blessed because every single day of this summer has been marked by prayer and fasting from one of our students at St. Kate's or St. Thomas, one of our leaders, one of our staff. And I just think that, that it, it's kind of a helpful mid-course correction there, saying, okay, we're going to try to seek what God is doing and seek God here so that we can make a correction for, you know, what's coming. I think for my health, um, you know, in ministry, right, it's like, hey, there's there's donuts here on Sunday morning, and we've got the board meetings, got these rolls that so-and-so made, and hey, let's go out for, for rolls or whatever. It's like always like this food's food, food. And so I was finding myself, like, looked in the mirror, I was like, oh my word, I'm 40 pounds overweight. I'm running marathons, I'm still doing, you know, all these other things, but this is, like, I'm not being a good steward of my health, and so we had to say, okay, what are we going to do as a family to make a mid-course correction on our approach to nutrition and health? And uh, part of that was my wife is just this amazing – she just studies things and she learns things. And so uh, we literally had a pantry purge, Kevin. We threw everything out that was processed in the pantry. We threw four tubs of ice cream out, and uh, we kind of started over kind of from a more natural perspective. And so – for, from a physical standpoint, that's changed everything in my endurance to even do physical or spiritual things. And so, um, yeah, I think whatever you're doing, it's good to evaluate. And sometimes the journaling helps you slow down enough to be like, oh my, I need to, <laughs> I need to make a change here. And then having the courage to make that change. Yeah, courage, courage to make the change is, is, is huge in that, yeah. that whole process. Uh, as, as we start winding down here, uh, any, uh, kind of thing that's just on your heart right now that uh, maybe God's dealing with you with or uh, something that, as we've been talking about the whole idea of uh, uh, starting something for God that you want to, you know, that maybe I just missed as, we, as we've been going through here. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is, you know, you, we want to, we start something and we start a lot of times from humble beginnings, Right. And I know starting with Chi Alpha, we started out on day one and it was my wife and me. And it was like, okay, here we go, God. <laughs> and uh, I think what we've learned, at least what I've learned over the year, over the years of doing this is that, you know, there are certain times where we do have to have not just a mid-course correction as a family, but a mid-course correction as a ministry, or we have to have these moments where we just say, everything else has to stop. We have to unplug everything and just say, okay, what is, what is God asking of us right now in this season. And I think the more that we have been able to do that, the more that we've seen that trickle down into our kid, our kids and our, our, our family trickle down into our students. And like that, then they kind of catch the heartbeat more. And I think, um, I don't know, I just continually learning about humility, whether it's, Oh, we're one week away from our event. We've raised like, you know, we're a hundred thousand dollars short of our goal <laughs> or like whatever it might be. And it, it just continually says like for us, rely on God, rely not on your gifts or strengths or perceived gifts or strengths, but, but putting the focus and the reliance back and the, and the dependence back on Jesus. Um, it just, everything goes better that way. I don't know what, why I ever, I get away from that, but it's always good to come back and be like, okay, my, my greatest mid-course correction, my greatest action step I could take is to come back and depend on God wholly and fully again. 
Uh, and that's this is a good place to uh, where where do you see uh, both Chi Alpha and Thirty for Freedom kind of as you look around the corner? Can you give people a snapshot and kind of where if they want to get involved and what they can uh, you know where to find out more about what you're doing? Sure, no, appreciate that. Uh, 30forfreedom.org is our website, so it's 30forfreedom.org. Um, as far as, and we're on social media as well, 30 for Freedom Run on Facebook and on um, Twitter, and then 30 for Freedom on Instagram. Uh, for Chi Alpha stuff, um, if people wanted, wanted to email me more about Chi Alpha, they can just email uh, brent.silky at gmail.com, and uh, that comes right to my inbox. As far as what's around the corner, um, we are planning and preparing already for 30 for Freedom 2020. Got some big things in store for that. Really excited about that. And uh, for Chi Alpha stuff, our prayer in prayer and fasting is that we would see Chi Alpha expand from St. Thomas to St. Kate's to McAllister to Hamlin to Concordia, that there would be St. Paul Chi Alpha in a greater way so that more students can know Jesus. That's awesome. And we'll link up all the things in the show notes for people to, to find uh, find you and find the stuff so they can uh, get involved with that, which I hope uh, lots of people uh, will do that. But before we uh, sign off, I, you were talking about praying, and I just I just want to pray for you and uh, all that God's going to do, and then we'll... Uh, Lord, I thank you for Brent, and I thank you for the passion that you put in his heart. So I pr- pray for, uh, specifically now, just for 30 for Freedom, uh, as uh, that you would... As a plan for 2020, I pray for favor and wisdom and insight. I pray for the right team members. I pray for uh, the right people come alongside. Lord, I pray for listeners right now who uh, you've stirred something in their heart. I pray that they would not they would cross the hero line uh, mm-hmm. and do something today. Uh, they would reach out. They'd check a website. They'd do something today for your for the, the difference to be made around the world in your name amen man well thanks brent i appreciate you being on the show today uh, god bless you bless you too kevin thanks for having me appreciate it well there you have it i hope you enjoyed that conversation with pastor brent and i hope that's an encouragement to you to as we talked about cross the hero line i love that idea from moving from just thinking about something to moving into action what is that next action maybe god's again put something in your heart to start what is that next action you need to take send an email send uh, check out a website whatever uh, uh, speaking of websites maybe that next action is uh, going over to our show notes at in joyingprayer.org and click on podcast you can find the show notes maybe connect with Brent there and find out what he's doing if God's calling you to get involved with that or just uh, just learn more about what he's doing or one of the books that he, he recommended you can find that again at enjoyingprayer.org and click on the podcast if you're listening to this why don't you subscribe wherever you're listening to it uh, we're doing this to be a resource to you in your walk with Jesus I want to see thousands of people uh, who are passionate for God, passionate for his mission, passionate for what God's doing in their church and throughout the uh, community, uh, that God would use you to be a hero maker for someone else and uh, kind of raising them up and start a chain reaction. So uh, it all begins with subscribe. So if you can uh, do that, uh, you'll get the next one right into your player. uh, And that's what it's all about. Again, our website is enjoyingprayer.org. We're here to be a resource to you. Uh, God bless you. And until next time, have a great day.